Is this showing up on your end? Uh, I'm looking right now. Okay. Hello to the one person that's in here so far. We about to get started in just a second. Working out all our uh, technical stuff here. The kinks. The kinks. Yeah, you know, it's to be expected, man. That, that first time, you know. Yeah, we in here. Let's see. Show is. It's up. It's up. It's up and it's up. And it's up. And it's up. And it's up. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, let's see. Um, I was about to say, once we both uh, share it, honestly, yeah. we can go ahead and dig in. Yeah. Uh, putting it in right now. That's what he said for sure. <laughs> but up, but I ain't used one of those in a minute, man. <laughs> I mean, you gotta have a good one every now and then. You can't overuse it. Then people are like, ah, that's not fun anymore. But every now and then, you gotta get it in there. You know what I'm saying? That's also what he said. You feel me? But up. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Um, well, yeah, I'm ready. You ready? I'm ready. All right, well, let's get to it. What's good, everybody? Welcome, welcome, welcome to the very first episode of Me and Bianca. Um, we are doing none other than, we came up with the name, the Black Talk Podcast, all right? And surprisingly, uh, that was not a taken name. I thought that would have, uh, our Talk Black, did I say Black Talk? You said Black Talk. Talk Black, okay? Yeah. But this is just like the kinks when I started the YouTube channel. You know, you had to keep reminding me of what my actual name is instead of hold on say what like i was just you know what i'm saying is working the kinks out working cool. the kinks, working them out you know what i'm saying right. but we we here man we here with the uh talk black our god black talk black, black. the scrolling says black talk but it's actually the talk black but we you know we, we doing it all we talking black we being black we black, black talking. yeah yeah you know what i'm saying well however you want to put it okay <laughs> except for when it comes to finding it on all your dsps make sure you type it in the right way because you right. probably can find this but you know, like i was saying i was surprised this name was not taken already i really was because i'm like it's such an obvious play on like back talk like as in talking back you know what i'm saying and nobody Nobody's used it. So, hey, here we are. It was meant for us. That's why. Hey, it was man. meant for us. You got to mm -hmm. claim that thing. What God has for you. Hey. You know what I'm saying? Um, but, yeah, we in this thing. Um, and we are your hosts, man. This actually started from, um, I put this earlier, but it's actually started off of uh, YouTube. Um, I had an idea to do, to critique the movie Honey. Okay. Because it had popularized again through Netflix. And people were talking about it again. And I started thinking about it like, yo, this was a hood classic. But at the same time, Jessica Alba or whatever, she wasn't black. She what? was not black. But they made her. They sure tried to make a scene like it. Mm -hmm. But yeah, we went from there. I did that. And then Bianca, I figured who better than to talk black and black talk than Bianca Harris, okay, who is my uh, esteemed co-host, you know what I'm saying? I done lucked up by getting her on here, and uh, I'm going to let her go ahead and, you know what I'm saying, you got a spiel for the people, for you those know, who, I, who you are. Um, Listen, I'm Bianca, and I love all things 
trap music, mental health, Jesus, and black. Heck black. yeah, heck black. yeah, I feel, I feel it. All that. I feel it. And that's yeah. I mean, what else is there? It's all. It's all. It's the greatest things that we have right now. Um, and anything that that can talk about um, processing the um, barriers to the black community and just having safe space to be blackity black black. And I'm here for it. Most definitely, as you can see that background, I was not joking. Okay, yeah, I, was no, not- I knew you were. I was here for mm-hmm. it. I was here CB4, for it. CB4, for those who don't know, for those who are listening on the audio, uh, CB4, okay? Um, y'all, I know y'all remember that character. I'm black, y'all. I'm black, y'all. I'm blackity black, and I'm black. Like, yeah, that was the funniest scene ever to me when I first saw the movie. But now yeah. I'm like, that's that's like a badge of honor, okay? We it have is. But, it uh, is. Yeah, man. You got any other introductory stuff before I hit you with what I got for you? No, I say let's get into it. All right. So we're going to hop into this thing. All right. We're going to hop into this thing. And um, for those who don't know, um, basically what Black Talk is, it's it's self-explanatory. All right. It's two people who love being Black, who love Black culture, talking about the things that we see, whether good or bad. Okay. There's some things that should be critiqued and there's some be praised and we're gonna do it all okay and we're gonna have a good time doing it you feel me so um, bianca i have a video for you okay and um i have labeled this young lady the young karen okay um she um, is the, <laughs> the young karen as far as i'm concerned. but let's see here we go you can let me know what you think after this see here again here again. The other day I was walking down the hallway at Lakeview Elementary School to give a teacher a retiring gift. I looked up onto the wall and saw a BLM poster and an Amanda Gorman poster. In case you don't know who that chick is, she's some girl who did a poem at Biden's so-called inauguration. I was so mad. I was told two weeks ago at this very meeting spot, no politics in school. I believed what you said at this meeting. So at lunch, I went up to my principal to tell him about the BLM poster and that I wanted it down. He said it's not coming down. I was like, yeah, it is, because the school board said on May 25th, no BLM or politics in school. He said, that's weird. They were the, one who, they were the ones who made them. I was stunned. When I was here two weeks ago, you told us to report any BLM in our schools. Apparently, you know they're in our schools because you made the signs. I said there should be no BLM in schools, period. It does not matter the color you make the posters and the font you use. We all understand the meaning. It is a political message about getting rid of police officers, rioting, burning buildings down while King Governor Welch just sits on his throne and watches. We all know. Changing the font or the color of posters does not change the meaning. I am nine years old and I know that. You expect me to believe that you did not know what you were doing by making these posters? Come on, people. I do not judge people by the color of their skin. I I don't really care what color their hair, skin, or eyes is. I judge by the content or the way they treat me. MLK said, I have a dream that one day my four little children will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. That dream has come true. I do not care or look at the color of skin, but you make me think of it. I have Asian, Mexican, white, Chinese, black friends, and I don't care. I like them because some of them make me laugh, some are sweet and kind, sporty, or share the love of God. They are just my friends. You have lied to me, and I am very disappointed in all of you. 
You cannot even follow your own rules. If you're going to do that, why do we follow any rules we deemed unfit or ridiculous? I'm not following your mask rule anymore then. Get the posters out of our schools. Courage is contagious, so be courageous. Ha! Huh. So, um... B, um... I'll, my first what? thought... And I'm, I'm going to give it to you. My first thought was... If Fox News was wrapped up in somebody's body, it would be this yeah. little girl. Yo. Like, yo. she hit every talking point. Every, masks, BLM, even the racist whole, I have black friends. Like, she have, hit, And Mexicans. Every, and Mexicans. Don't, don't every talking Mexicans. Point. Like, fam, look. I, I told Tish this earlier. I hope folks don't take this the wrong way. I'm not listening to nobody who has not. You ain't even experienced your monthly cycle yet. And you trying to instruct me as an adult on race relations. This is what we do. But what kills me is as much as you are an anti-black, you're, you kept messing up and saying content of character. How I see people. No, Heffa. You are literally quoting America, white America's favorite black man. Okay? Because, you know, that's, of course, you know, people only see the civil rights movement as Rosa Parks sitting in the front and then Martin Luther King saved all the black people, right? Like, um, I don't ever hear about Mega Evers. I don't ever Mega, hear about, like, it's so many other people that y'all can talk about. Brown, can you talk about him? Stokely? We're going to talk about Stokely? Oh, okay. No, none, none of those names. Um, we can't even talk about uh, Joan Trump out of Maholland either, because no one wants to talk about her. That's a white woman who was man, a freedom man, writer. Man, that look, was, educate these folks. The, educate these folks. Listen, but you have this, and, and it, this girl is clearly repeating what, she's, what she hears at home. Yeah. Like this is not a I have such a issue in a and in, in a problem with black people because of what they've done to me and what politics has done to me. You are nine, which means yeah. you are in fourth grade. Okay. The extent of your you probably don't have no black neighbors. Fair. Okay. Because she says, I don't judge people based upon their hair. What? What? What are we talking about? You don't even know what you're talking about. What happened is, okay. Her name is Rebecca with the K. Okay. Becky's mom, Karen, wrote her and her husband Thomas wrote this for her. Is and and Rebecca. Huh? Rebecca. This, Rebecca. Yeah, say it like you're Jewish. <laughs> like you literally like this this literally is a regurgitation of what you hear at home, which leads to the issue of this toxicity of misinformation. Right? right, talking about def people talk about defunding the police as police abolishment, and clearly this is how I know that y'all don't read, y'all don't pay attention, and you are not talking to anyone black for real. Is because defund the police does not mean abolish the police. It actually means those police officers that you keep saying are overworked and stressed because they have so much to do. Get them some help. Yeah. So they're not responding to mental health calls. They are not responding to uh, just civil dispute calls. They are responding to public safety issues, which is what they're supposed to be there for. But 
when you hear defund the police because black people are saying it now somehow or another you want to talk about rioting you want to talk about rioting let's talk about the boston tea party which was a just a whole big issue y'all y'all had a whole hissy fit a whole tantrum but but we riot oh okay. yeah look fam like that's just how it goes it's always a double standard it's always a double it never matters and you hit it right on the head like when i first saw this video i showed it to tish and i was like yo look I know this little girl didn't write this okay we was just talking about church oratorical contests earlier like where you had to give a speech okay yeah. most of them speeches i didn't write them i did not write them but i sure got up there and said it like i did yeah and I, I did because my parents made me do it like yeah. when i was nine you think i care about politics like fam the, she said that chick amanda gorman she said joe that biden she was like she even used like one of the derogatory terms they use for joe biden i'm like this is your parents okay this either that or instead of uh saturday morning cartoons you watching fox news all day okay like, i'm just like you you they're indoctrinating this kid yeah but you know that that is this is a perfect example of how racism continues it is systemic it is taught in the home yeah. if it's not taught in the home then it can't be continued this nine-year-old girl is talking about things that like you said are beyond her scope now i'm not saying that we can't have kids that are aware like my son is about to be 11 right and he is very much aware about what's going on in the world because we have these conversations he's gone with me to vote every single year that i've that he's been alive except for this last one kind of go so early in the morning he was still asleep but mm -hmm. i do that because i want him to be a part of the process i want him to be able to look at what is in front of him and decide what works what is in his best interest as a young black man right yeah. but this nine-year-old girl you you only know what you see and what you're exposed to and so we have racist ideologies that are continuing to be perpetuated in these small circles so we got this nine-year-old girl who's taking a stand and you know she's she sat there and practiced that in the mirror it is too calculated too well read to be yeah. off the cuff you know the, the obvious tale was the line i'm nine years old and i fam you know her parents wrote that it was like they, they definitely don't think she wrote it if we put this in here to remind yeah. them that i'm nine years old like come on man yeah. like Look I don't know. She should be on Einstein level if she really got that level of reading comprehension and being able to put things together cohesively. Like, I, I'm sorry. I just I don't believe it. And to understand what it meant to have Amanda Gorman, because here's the thing, though. You didn't talk about um, what is uh, and with the, the senator who was officiating, right? The, the first woman to officiate the inauguration. I can't think of her name. Klobuchar, is that her name? Yeah, yeah, Amy Klobuchar. Um, you didn't talk about her. You didn't talk about the fact that we had all minorities performing. J-Lo was there. You specifically pointed out Amanda Gorman. And you know what, by the way, let me just make it known for those who may hear or watch, and you don't know who Amanda Gorman is, okay? Because she's not just some chick who gave a she, poem. She, this is just a quick Wikipedia 
like summary of who she is. She's an American poet and activist. Her work focuses on issues of oppression, feminism, race, and marginalization, as well as African diaspora. She was the first person to be named National Youth Poet Laureate, which is a big deal. And she published a poetry book, The One for Whom the Food is Not Enough in 2015. So when you say some chick, okay, and this is the thing about parents, right? I hate when parents, this is like when folks be like, my parents didn't care how they dressed me, okay? They just had me looking any kind of way. My parents, by the way, had me one time be in a blue leather suit at church. Yeah. A blue leather, you know how hot I was in that? Wetting. Blue leather. Sweating. Sweat. Like a young MC Hammer out here with the pants flooding and everything. Like it was bad. And then one time they had me in a white linen suit where you could see my panty line. Like, damn. Come on, man. This, this is what we're doing. But this is basically, this is the political version of that. We don't care how yeah. we're going to make our daughter look. We just going to put her up to do this. And, and to me, that's, that's just, this is almost like yeah. child abuse to me when you force yeah. your kid to do something like this that has ramifications potentially for the future. This is yeah. the internet now. That video has yeah. been everywhere. You don't know how this girl is going to feel when she comes into her own and starts to think for herself. But now you put this on the internet. She's the yeah. Kim Kardashian of politics. Kim Kardashian can't escape that sex tape. You're not escaping sounding yeah. dumb, probably in one of the biggest times in racial history we've ever right. seen. Like, I'm sorry. But you know what? I on one hand, I absolutely agree with you. On the other hand, I'm glad she did it. I'm glad mm -hmm. she did it because this points out the level, the way that this idea of systemic racism is interwoven into the fabric of the United States, right? Mm -hmm. This little girl is so offended by a poster, okay, with three letters because you have been indoctrinated to say that the black is a problem yeah. i don't see people by the color of their skin but yet the word black bothers you this is what you said the word black and the idea of black lives bothers you it's yeah. sheer existence bothers you but you have a mexican as a friend a mexican a black okay you one step away from calling them Fix the niggers. That's what you're. You're one step away Look, from that conversation because you're treating it like like it's a thing. A black, a black. I hate when people say the blacks and stuff like that. It's just so weird to me, man. Like black what? Right. Black what? And what's so crazy is, is that no one wants to have this conversation. Like white people love to say, you know, don't pull the race card. Don't pull the race card. Y'all invented the race card. Race is a social construct. There is no yeah. genetic marker for race. It is a absence or abundance of melanin. There is no race. There's no genetic marker that says you're black. No. You're white. No, there is none. So you created this system of race in order to colonize and marginalize a group. But then you get mad when people say, oh, you're doing this because of race. Don't bring the race card into it. Y'all created the race card. Family. Literally. That's, that's the worst part to me. It's kind of like when um somebody used to be a cheater and now you constantly like you have a hard time trusting them because you've been a habitual cheater the whole time i've known you or been with you mm -hmm. now all of a sudden you're mad because i'm trying to move past it but i'm triggered all the time because it's like how do how can i really trust you right right so it's the same concept to me like y'all can't be the cause 
of racism and then get mad at us because we're not ready to move past it there's a lot of healing that still has yet to take place and it's hard for it to take place when things keep happening right like you don't the the accuser or the oppressor or the aggressor and then also be the one to say oh no that's enough now let's cut it off yeah like, nah, man that's not yeah. how so uh, I, yeah I, yeah that's that's so real but you know what it the sad part is this as crazy as this little girl sounds um nothing she said is surprising to me it's not nothing, Nothing she said is shocking in the sense of, yeah, this this is this is the way that y'all see people. Um, this is the way that black bodies are still seen in 2021. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, and that's evidenced by e- everywhere we look. Um, you see the disregard of black life, yeah. no matter who it is. You know, um, and this little girl is just stuck between a rock and a hard place. And you said, you know, you you made the comment about how, you know, what is she going to think when she actually comes into her own? The thing is, I don't know if she will be able to come into her own belief, because if this is so indoctrinated into her parents, that means this is a, this is a family thing. This is a systems thing. But I will, I will say, though, you, you remember there was that girl who went viral. Um around the time when like last year when things were really going crazy um she went viral because she was in there trying to educate her parents who were staunch just like racist but of course they were we're not racist people like no it's just facts they don't work as hard and they're on welfare and blah 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 and the daughter was like that's not true that is not true you guys are just repeating fox news stuff and she grew up in a house where they were trying to indoctrinate her so i hold out faith you know the same way like there were things that I was, you know, was conditioned to believe that as I've grown, I've seen more of the world. And I'm like, nah, man. So I believe that she, there's a chance, but I mean, there's also a chance she could grow up and be another, you know, redneck hillbilly, who knows? But I mean, I don't don't know, man. I just hate when people do this to their kids. Like my thing is, even though I'm a Christian, like when Tish and I have kids, I don't plan on forcing my kid to be one. I don't even think that's the point of being a Christian. Like, mm-hmm. I'm going to give you the information. And as you grow, you make your decision. But right. I'm not forcing you into, I'm going to take you to church, sure. But I'm not forcing you into belief. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah. I, I don't think that that's fair. Because then kids don't know how to think on their own. All they know is what you right. told them. So, right. yeah. Um, yeah. That's, I mean, you, you are absolutely right. Um, I, I remember that girl that you're talking about. I want to say well, her name was like Heather. Yeah, something like that. Some white, some yeah. some white, stereotypically stereotypically white. One thing that I am encouraged about, um, and I know that this is, I say encouraged you loosely because it shouldn't take us, you know, four hundred and two years to be here, but um, is the fact that when we was all on punishment last year uh, with the pandemic, the world was forced to sit down and watch what's been going on since the inception of black lives in the United States. And we have more and more white people seeing this, being shocked by it and saying, this is not, this is not okay. Yeah. Yeah. Should it have taken this long? Nah, 
but we have more and more I, I am hearing more and more conversations about it which is encouraging because those conversations need to happen because here's here's the reality of race relations in the United States it is not black people's job to fix racism we didn't start it we didn't actually ask to be here did nobody say hey here's a free cruise you want to come over it was yeah. like, no, you're coming over so it's yeah. not my job to fix this system have these conversations amongst yourself get uncomfortable because welcome to the club we've been uncomfortable yeah and i mean even if black people lead the charge on changing things it doesn't mean nothing if we're the minority and the majority still is fighting against it so i think that's the even bigger issue is we need y'all y'all run this country therefore we need powerful people to stand up and say this is not okay like, and I, we yeah. need, you know, and I, that's the thing. Like, I didn't harp a whole lot on Donald Trump when he was president because I feel like that's beating a dead horse. We all knew he was trash. But for me, it's just like, what if somebody like him actually used that platform instead of weaponizing it? You use that because they were eating off his every word. There, there were like blue collar white folks who ain't got much of a dime to their name still hating folks because you have a leader who's telling you everything that you already feel instead yes. he could have used that opportunity to be like nah man we off that i've yes. made a living off of working with black folks and being in rap videos and all this other stuff and hip-hop loved me but now i'm gonna weaponize these people against the folks that i've made profit off of throughout all these years like come on man it's it's foolish Donald trump in embodied the United States. As sick as I was when he won, I wasn't surprised. And honestly, and I know it sounds weird, but I'll take it, is Donald Trump was the best thing to happen to the United States because it forced those co those covert conversations that were already happening. He brought it to the forefront. Yeah. He let you know that that neighbor that you questioned, you were like, I don't really know. Yeah, he done came out, you know, that Trump 2020, that Trump 2016 flag let you know where people stood yeah. and the fact that people who want to say, oh, racism was in the past. No, it's very much still here. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, you look at how just the reaction of the insurrectionists, right, that of January 6th versus the thugs of the Black Lives Matters protests yeah. right and the worst part is we fighting for a real cause the, for a real cause they mad because they team lost what kind of stuff is that? and you're having a hissy fit but that is that's what you that's what white america has done in the history of these united states you don't like something so you tear stuff up you kill you beat you rob you rape to get what you want yeah and then you call it yours wait what and i mean and i and i so I think it's great because what it did, it pulled out everything that we that we already knew as black as black people. We already knew, you know, the signs and symptoms. So now you get to see it. The other thing that I feel like was tragic, but uh, kind of a turning point was the murder of George Floyd. America mm -hmm. had to sit and that's watch. A really good, that's a really good point to move yeah. into that, huh? Yeah. I'm like, look at you, Segway Master already already 
That's perfect. Bianca is getting us right into the meat of tonight's episode, which is recently uh, Derek Chauvin, uh, if you know or don't know, um, he got sentenced finally, um, and he's been given 22 and a half years. Now, for those who don't know, one, he will not be in a federal prison. He's going to be in a state prison, uh, which means that he has the ability to be up for parole in 10 years. Um, so that's very much a possibility. And it seems like while this is something that we should be able to celebrate, one, it's not the norm. And two, it's still not really justice. It was like we're going to do just enough for those who don't understand what the sentencing really means to feel good. But we're not going to actually do something like, I don't know, put away somebody who murdered someone. Hmm. Hmm. Like, <laughs> uh, you know, and, but this is the perfect example of privilege in action. Derek Chauvin, Amber Geiger, and I can't remember the Walter Scott's murderer's name. Um, but this is the this is exactly what it is. We have black people in prison for life, serving life sentences for possession of marijuana. You intentionally murdered someone okay and the definition of premeditation right which is different between murder one and murder two right murder one is is a premeditated the second you put your knee on his neck you thought you were subduing him and he says i can't breathe that point in time and you didn't move it i don't know why y'all took murder one off the table why because he's a white man and he's an officer Oh, he didn't really mean it. He was stressed. No, you had your knee on that man's neck for nine minutes. Nine minutes. And so now we get to celebrate this victory. And I'm not going to lie. When I heard the conviction, my first reaction was yes. Right? My second reaction was this shouldn't be celebrated because this should be the norm. But it's not. Right? He got sentenced to 22 and a half years. He's up for parole in 10. If he goes to credit class one with, with good behavior, he's going to be out in less than that. Yeah. For killing a black man, which means George Floyd's life is disposable. And it's you know what? Crazy. The thing that has always weirded me out when you say that is just how easy it is for certain people to not care about human life. And I think that goes back to my idea that we live our lives as if it's a movie and we're the main i'm the main character everybody else is just side characters it's like empathy should have made this man think to himself this is not just a drug addict this is not just a dude who supposedly had a counterfeit you know bill at the time like this is a man who who has a family to get home to this is a yep. dude who people care about him and the fact that you can just i don't know like minimize somebody's entire life entire goals, dreams aspirations all sorts of things you can snuff that out yeah just because like to me that's nuts to me like i'd be thinking of it from like my own perspective i have things i want to accomplish in life like my life matters to me right and i think of that when i think of other people like their lives matter to them too it's not about me or how i feel in that moment i don't have the right to just enact violence upon somebody because i feel like it exactly That's exactly because you feel like it and that is that that's oh man that's that's it that's it um amber geiger when she killed Boston john who was in his house eating ice cream 
<laughs> on his couch, like I'm chilling. Sure. I'm at home in my house. Okay. And then, you know, white folks' favorite line is, well, if you just complied, like, I don't get it. Complied, Philando Castillo complied. And you know what? I'm glad you brought that up because I was, I was going to say, let's go back to when it happened, like how we felt at the time, right? Because I thought Philando Castile was probably the most disturbing I had seen, right? Yep. That was the first time that I think most of us actually watched somebody die on camera like on facebook live from being shot by a police officer and he literally like did everything right and still got shot because you felt threatened like and then for time to pass and now we see something that's even more brutal it was one thing to shoot somebody yeah you suffocated this man to death you yeah. closed off like his airway and just stayed on his knee that is some of the most for for them to treat black people like we're savages that is one of the most savage acts i think i've ever witnessed in mm. front of people in broad daylight in this front is of a mafia style hit where we took you somewhere and, and disposed of you now you're sleeping with the fishes no you did this in broad daylight and didn't care did not yeah is, if anybody's a thug it's him mm -hmm. like that's nuts to me man yeah you you know Philando was um Philando I never sat well with me. I mean not that any of them sit well, right? But Philando was the most offensive to me. Um because I don't typically watch the videos, right? Um so I you know I'm, I'm a therapist by profession. And so I sit in trauma all day every day. And so I don't rewatch them because I need my own break. Um but something about Philando's I ended up watching it. And when I tell you the anger, hurt, sadness, and fear that I felt after this, because this is a man who wasn't even, it wasn't like he was doing something intentional, right? I am complying with you. I am letting you know what I have in my car. I'm licensed to carry it. I am feeding kids who are hungry yeah. at school. I'm not doing anything and for for him to be treated like he was trash in front of his daughter. Yeah, didn't even care that it's it's a whole baby in the back. A whole baby. That's that's nuts. And all and all white America wants to do is to pick a lives a uh, pick apart the lives of the victims and make it seem as though their choices are the reason that they got killed. But meanwhile, Dylan Roof and Kyle Rittenhouse can come up here, shoot nine black people in church, come in here and shoot pro, leave another state with an AR, shoot people, come back and not only get fed, get taken care of, but you have the Fraternal Order of Police raising funds for Kyle Rittenhouse's defense fund. And his, his parents should have been in trouble. That man is a minor. They, they transported him. They took him. He's a kid with a gun, assault rifle. Like, and you know what? You you said like a lot of times white folks will use, you know, not all white folks. Let me put a disclaimer out there because some of y'all are sensitive, okay? And not that I care that much because what I say is what I say. And if you know me, you know how I feel. Like, but the white people who do this, and unfortunately it's way more that tend to do these things than the ones that are true allies to what we're trying to do. Like, right. 
the sad reality is it's not just them. Because I actually had Candace Owens on this list to talk about too. Because she is the biggest opportunist that gives a lot of these people who are already racist and prejudiced, she gives them the okay to feel like, oh no. See, because when like the moment he got killed, why is it less than 24 hours later? Now you going on rants on Twitter and everything else talking about why are we celebrating a drug addict and blah, 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 and all this. And like, to me, man, come on. Like, I don't feel like we'll ever get too far as long as we have people like that in our camp. Like, as long as we have people who look like us, that's basically feeding them where they don't have to hear our voices because they have a black face that they can look to and say, well, she said it's okay. She, mm-hmm. he's validating how we feel and to me that's that's dumb man like i don't know mm-hmm. how we make progress if all of us can't get on the same page because they're not going to listen to us when they have somebody who looks like us validating how they already feel here's the thing though i don't think that i just asked myself the same questions i don't think we need everybody to be on the same page i think we need to have just the majority because if you think about it right um <clears throat> even when it comes to colonization right it was never all it was just a major a powerful majority right right? so you look at some of these um and let's be clear i am not defending colonizing okay by whatsoever so let's be clear um but i think that what we have is we need to break down the barriers that have been indoctrinated into black and brown bodies um, as a thought pattern and not necessarily get people on board because if if we look at Candace Owens specifically Candace is flip-flop Candace only care about what gets her likes and money okay Candace is Omarosa okay okay listen basically she's Stacey Dash she's She's a bunch of people and y'all want to come back here and be like oh I'm sorry black community nope Nope, y'all on time now. Okay. Um, but Candace Owens was not always was not always a Republican. And I don't know, I can't even call her a Republican, an opportunist. Okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because she was not always saying this hateful rhetoric. She just likes to get shit started. Mm-hmm. But I think that the difference is is that we as black people in the United States have this belief that there are subgroups within the black community and so we continue so we have been taught for years that we are less than white people and then we take it down another further well you're light-skinned so you're actually better than this dark-skinned one over here so we start to believe that and then we break it down even further and say oh well i have means and you don't have means so we continue to parcel ourselves out by reasons that are a moot point so it mm-hmm. makes room for the Stacey Dashes, the Amorosas, and the um, Candace Owens to come in here and play off one of those those um, barriers, one of those groups that we've already had, mm-hmm. and we have to stop those things. You know, this whole light skin, dark and colorism is so real, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and doing those things gives the people who are looking for a reason to separate separate. Now, I will say though that I have seen just people on my own personal social media mm. shift their narrative. Now, I ain't saying they all, you know, got, got a BLM flag now. 
okay but they yeah. were very trump 2016 and now they're very like mm, this ain't right it's not yeah. yeah you know i think one of my favorite uh twitter pages is the one of uh trump regret mm -hmm. like uh, people who over time they voted and they were hardcore uh donald trump supporters but then mm -hmm. after watching him in office they had to come back and say i was wrong okay because i think that was one of the blessings honestly of him getting president too is that it also allowed people it's like when you know how sometimes in tv film whatever they'll do like an oh whoa i got like a wasp in my house oh no oh <laughs> um, art y'all good show <laughs> well yeah but anyway <laughs> Like he just went on about his business. I'm gonna leave him alone too. Um, but yeah, no, nah, it's kind of like <laughs> it's like when people, you know, they'll um do a very extreme portrayal of something, right? For the purpose of showing how ridiculous it is. Like they'll go above and beyond with like their portrayal. I forget the name for it, but um basically, you know, if they're trying to get a message across, they'll use the most extreme version of it mm -hmm. to make people be like, oh, that's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. But then you look at yourself like, dang, am I kind of like that? You know what yeah. I'm saying? I feel like that's what Trump did in some senses is for the more reasonable people who were kind of on the fence and just yeah. like, were not sure. It made them realize, oh crap, I don't want to be like that. You know, yeah. and there were a lot of folks who were like, "Yeah, no, nah, I'm, I get it now. I've been a Republican for X amount of years. Right. I'm done. I'm done. I, I've never seen people give up their party as much as when yeah. he became president." Right. And I want to be um, really clear too. I am not anti-Republicans. I have, yeah. I have friends, people that I consider friends, that vote Republican. But when I have conversations with them. They hey, don't, don't, forget, don't forget you can't you can't say that you can't use the i got i got no i am, I am. i've been trying to avoid it because i'm like it's easy to say it's easy to say but you know like that it don't hold much weight no more it don't, it don't hold no no weight but it's the reality is is that we have a system we have, we have this bicameral system right where it makes you choose a side okay and so and so for those that i know that have voted when you have specific reasons hey this is what i believe in this this is what i need to happen and this is the party that gives it to me like i'm gonna beef with you i'm gonna beef with you okay it's those we have blind now we have blind democrats as well okay people just okay. because you know mom and dad did it but we're not actually listening to what things are being said right yeah. but when we can stop as a people white black everything and and actually listen to things being said actually take the feeling part out of the narrative and just have a conversation about what is it that i need and here are the questions that i have then we can start to make progress right i don't mind people coming and asking me questions like oh you know i have people who who've asked me oh bianca are you anti-white oh bianca are you anti this i don't mind sitting having a conversation with you about it yeah. and about and about why i believe what i believe and, and my goal is not necessarily to change your opinion but to give you information so you can have an informed critical decision instead of just doing something because you read a meme on facebook and you know what the best thing you can do is ask why 
you just hit that on the head because a lot of people will just see stuff and assume like, oh, you're this way or you're that way. But if you actually have conversations and dialogue with people and ask, well, why do you say that? Why do you feel that? And ask like to actually understand, not because you're waiting to rebut what they're saying and, right. make, you know, make yourself feel superior and smart as like most of these social media conversations tend to go. But I mean, I, I feel like that's done wonders for me. Mm -hmm. understanding people because everybody is the way they are for a reason and yeah. unfortunately going back to the beginning of the episode a lot of people have just been indoctrinated to believe certain things so i can't necessarily get pissed at somebody because they don't want to let go of long-held beliefs because some of those beliefs are core to who they are right, right. if you go up in a house and you're constantly being told you know black people are this mexican people are this blah 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 you're gonna believe that that's law you know what i'm saying but at some point as an adult, I do fault you because once your brain is fully developed and you can rationalize things, you should be able to now pick apart everything, including the things you believe. Mm -hmm. Like one of the best things I ever did when I was struggling with my faith as a Christian was try to pick apart the whole thing. Yeah. And if, it's, if you're, what you believe is legit, it'll stand whatever you try to put up against it. And yeah. I feel like most people just get comfortable in how they feel. And this is the way I've always been. And this is what everybody I know believes. And it's just like, man, that's not, that's not helpful. It's you not helpful. You just gave us a word on this here podcast. Man, man, look, man, you know, this is becoming out of me, man. You know, I can't control it. Y'all just got this word. Take notes. Mm -hmm. But, you know, you know, thinking about like the same thing, man, I remember um, I actually got the chance to have those conversations with my job because I, I was teaching at the time and we were in the middle of the pandemic in Zoom. I'm already beat down by what's you know been going on with that. And then to see that video, I don't think I've been haunted by a video like that in a long time. And I remember having an attitude after that weekend at work. I ain't want to, I'm gonna be honest, I didn't want to see nobody that wasn't black. You know what I'm saying? My boss was white. You know what I'm saying? I'm looking at him funny, like, bruh, you mm -hmm. white over a nonprofit that service services black people and black kids. So I'm looking at you funny. I'm looking at my, you know, Latina, you know, co-workers funny, like everybody, because I'm just like, man, I don't trust none of y'all. Okay. Like that's how I felt at the time. But thankfully we had a space to talk about those things. I got a chance to share, you know, this is how I feel. And, you know, we actually were able to educate on some things that they just genuinely didn't know. Um, but one thing that I will say bothered me about that conversation, white folks, if I can give you all a bit of advice, when a black person is telling you something, don't try to relate. Don't, don't, please don't. Because my boss at the time was saying, you know, um, I think about my son, you know, he's the only white kid at, at a black school and, you know, he, he deals with some struggles too. So, you know, I can, you, no, it's not the same. I'm sorry, because the thing is when he leaves that black school, he can go out into the world and blend in much better than I can, right? Exactly. And so the, worst, the, the easiest way to show me you're not really listening or hearing or trying to understand or empathize is by trying to compare. And a lot of people tend to do that. And I think some people do it, you know, in a, from a good place of I'm trying to empathize by showing you I can relate, but I listening is really the best thing you can do. <laughs> that is, that, that's the best thing. And it's the, the thing is, is that is you, you hit the nail on the head when, it, when we talk about listening, because not just are we talking about listening, um, we need to talk about respecting somebody's lived experience yeah right 
people are so quick to want to tell me, oh, well, you've never been a slave, so you're fine. But I've been called a nigger to my face multiple times. Yeah. yeah. Um, I have a <laughs> one of my favorite uh, stories. I don't know if it's a favorite story. Um, when I was fresh in the field, right? In the and field. In the therapy field, right? right. I'm doing right. an internship in um, this this small town called Sullivan, Indiana, Sullivan, Indiana, right? And so I'm at a community mental health agency that server that that serves all these other little towns that I have never heard of, and I born and raised in Indiana. Um, so people are coming to I'm, I'm teaching a drug and alcohol class. And people are coming and showing up in like they're driving four wheelers and they're driving pickup trucks with the gun rack and the lights at the top. And yeah, it was a bunch of John Deere's coming in. John Deere shopping at the Rule King. Okay. JDs. Right. And so I'm teaching this class and I have this 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 gentleman who comes up. We had been in class for a couple of weeks, you know, and he comes up to me and he's just like, you know what, Miss Bianca, you know what? You're just the nicest nigger I done met. Whoa! Whoa! Oh no! Oh no! Said, he really, he really thought that was he was being nice. I said, sir, I know you think that that's a compliment. I said, but it is not. He said, oh yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Color, you're nicest color. He was like, he was like, after that, we don't say that outside the house. Oh right. my gosh! Oof! Whoops, and I, was, you know, I was like, you can call me black. And I said, but I appreciate you know the compliment but also i don't want no smoke because i'm also outnumbered in this area where I, yeah, I, no, I, you, got, you I, just gotta take that in word and go take it and go now mm-hmm. mind you this was 2008 when this happened oh, oh. okay yeah this wasn't nine this wasn't you know 1988 1960 this is 2008 okay yeah. um and and it was a very real thing and and what happened because at first i was mad and so i was like how you gonna talk to me and then I went to my supervisor, who was a white woman, um, was talking to her, and she was like, I don't understand why you're upset. Huh? Correct. And she and she looked at me, she was like, yes, it's offensive. She was like, but Bianca, how many people, how many black people does he come into contact with that are educated? Uh, uh-huh. So this is the rationalization of why of why it should be okay. But in that moment, what I also realized too is I had a unique position because they're not going to seek out anybody else. And at that time, I mean, I was like 23, maybe yeah. uh, 23, 24. And so I was like, I have you have a unique opportunity to have hard conversations and to shift what this narrative looks like. Because at that point in time, now I represent all black people. Right, because true, very right true. There. But you know, I don't, and that taught me I don't mind conversations with people who think differently from me. I don't mind conversations with people who ain't never been around no black people, as long as you're willing to have a conversation and you don't just want to respond. If you're really trying to hear and learn and change, or just just hear and learn, even if you don't change, we'll have those conversations. Okay, but it's the ones that just try to double down because. This is what I know to be true. And then if you don't agree with me, then you're wrong. Bullshit to me. That's man, look, I I get it. I, I understand, like, maybe that was all he knew. 
you know, maybe that was just not, but at the same time, it's just uh, like that. Mm. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. It's crazy, right? Um, you just but, said it so casually, too. It caught me off guard. Like, you was the person that said it, and I was you. That, that's how I felt in that moment. Like, oh, my God. Like, I'm living this. Like, this is... Oh, no. That's how we felt for me, too. She really tried to justify it, too. That was... that's the. I think that's more egregious than the dude who just didn't know. Because the thing is, you know, you know it's offensive. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, though. You know. So why am I the one who has to educate these folks? Right. You know what I'm saying? But I I get it at the same time, yes. Because it's kind of like, you know, the status that I posted earlier about like what, you know, real strength is. Um, The whole thing about, you know, real strength is not asserting yourself. Real strength is restraint, mercy, and grace to others when you have every right to be upset, right? Like that's what I'm realizing because you do really get a lot more bees with honey, right? You do. Honestly, the most hardcore racist person could potentially come around if we're not because if we're belligerent mm-hmm. as much as we may feel like i got a right to be militant here mm-hmm. all you're gonna do is push them further into believing that you you are just another nigger like that's, right. that's how they're going to view you because of the fact like oh yeah i knew you were aggressive i knew you were all this i knew you were you know what i'm saying it's right. like it's tough yeah but at the same time like even though we shouldn't have to be the one to show as much grace. It's like we, in order to move forward, we almost have to, at times, be willing to say, you know what? All right, I'm gonna take that on the chin, and I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna give you what I could right now, because I'm ready to sock you out. But instead, I'm gonna go ahead, I'm gonna chill, and I'm gonna show you the opposite of what you're expecting. Because some of them will push the buttons because they expecting you to get out of pocket, get you a reaction. Exactly. You know, I heard this dope sermon. Um, about two years ago and it was entitled the unity of Christ right and one of the key points that I remember hearing that really resonated with me was let me read it it says um, two twins grace and mercy grace was to protect you from the thing from things and mercy is to forgive you from the repercussions that you deserve and I remember hearing this and I'm like man that's like real heavy and then a bible study that had followed that not long after that was talking about the grace and the mercy that we give and i realized that in these conversations and in these um spaces that we were having these highly charged conversations because anybody knows me knows i love a good confrontational conversation <laughs> right <laughs> I, rem- I remember your early bible study days hey i'm here for no, you. i remember <laughs> but I was, I was like you got me thinking too i was like man maybe i should ask more questions God. yeah oh i got all the questions because that's because part of me is I really want to know. I want to know how do you still have this belief in this day and age, given the fact that we all have these things in our hands, in our possessions with access to information like we've never had access to information before. And so I want to have these conversations. And sometimes like I I have been shocked by some people who I, I hold in really high esteem to hear what their thoughts really are when we're having a safe, intimate conversation. And I'm like, y'all just really don't know. You just really don't know. And I'm like, okay, I could come at y'all for not knowing and make fun of y'all and come at you for not knowing. But then I was like, then who's going to teach you, right? right, right. When are we going to have these conversations? And I think we that's where we do. How do we have these conversations? Now, don't get it twisted. I am not the one to have conversations with everybody, okay? Right, right. 
<laughs> everybody we can't but we have to take these moments when, when i feel when we feel like people are being genuine and people really want to learn like we have these conversations let's learn each other because honestly these conversations that you and i are not going to to change the laws right it's rebecca and karen and tracy whose husbands are chad fab and ian oh my god you got right. that locked and loaded ready to go huh you got your stereotypical white names down, just just there, just ready to go. Um, but it's them who's having these conversations because they're judges, they're lawmakers, they're you know sitting in in places of power. So if we're having these conversations. This is where the change happens, yeah. um, because they're now having the conversation with their circles, and they're like, yeah, something something's got to be different. Let's do yeah. something. Different. And you know what? I think that we as black people, we have to really come together all each of us not as a monolith but each black person needs to decide what we really want do we want to sit back and be angry forever or do we want real change because some right. i noticed that there are some out there who are not like you right some mm -hmm. of us are out there and we just like to get on twitter and complain we like mm -hmm. to point out every racist thing that happens and make a big deal and then we just go on about our lives right and right. then i've seen even white folks come into some of those threads like can you help me to understand this and go, go Google? It's not my job to do this, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, you just shut down somebody who genuinely was like, yo, I want to understand. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, we, it can't just be, I understand that when you feel justified and being angry, it's a good feeling, right? Yeah. It feels good to just sit back and point fingers and be like, you did this, you did this. But at some point it's like, do we just want to say you did this and live with the reality of where we are or do we want to even get to a place where everybody's actually unified you know right. what i'm saying and that's why i honestly don't like when people say black folks can't be racist because black folks i don't believe can be prejudiced okay because that actually does involve power that involves being in a position where you can actually mess up somebody's life for real. But racism, I feel like it don't matter what color you are. Anytime you dislike somebody strictly off the color of their skin, that's racist. And even if we do have reasons for feeling that way about some white folks, mm -hmm. how is it helping us to now treat them the way they've treated us historically? Because now it's just turning into a war instead of us actually getting better. I agree. But I think it's a matter of space. Black folks have never had any place that they are safe in the United States. It's just right. the exception of the United States, right? Indig our indigenous brothers and sisters haven't either. Like, we literally came in and right. we didn't, but they came in and, and murdered, killed, and took your land and said, and now it's mine. Um, but when you talk about, you know, prejudice and things, I think that we have to understand, start, start to have these conversations to understand why the why of why do we feel that yeah. way. One of the things that I absolutely hate is when people tell me that they don't see color. Uh, it drives you know, me. I meant to, to touch on that with the little girl's speech. Yeah, it drives you, you don't realize how racist it is to say you don't see color. And, and what a privilege it is because what happens is I want you to see that I'm black. I want you to see that I'm a woman. I want you to see that I'm a approaching middle-aged woman because that is what makes me unique. And that means I have a different perspective to offer a middle-aged white man. 
right? We yeah. have different we have we have different perspectives. So I want you to see color. I don't want you to judge me because of it, but I want you to see it. I want you to celebrate it. I want you to identify it. And so when you're saying things like, I don't see color, what we're saying is, I don't want to take the time and I want to devalue you as a person and just make it simple for me because identifying your differences makes me uncomfortable. Well, guess yeah. what, motherfucker? I've been uncomfortable. I've been uncomfortable. Like, but, you know what? This is totally unrelated, but um, do you think Quentin Tarantino is racist? <laughs> um... I think Quentin Tarantino is mentally ill, and I think, you think so? yeah. I, I was just uh, I was watching uh, so on Netflix they you you, you heard of his uh, movie The Hateful Eight, right? They got Samuel wow. Jackson and a bunch. It's a western, basically, right? Okay. It's really good though, um, but it's also around the time of you know Civil War era stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Now it dawned on me because of how many times the word nigger was used in this mm-hmm. just loosely to refer to Samuel Jackson because he's the only black in the entire movie basically. Yep. It dawned on me I'm like Quentin Tarantino seems to have an obsession with the word nigger in his movies. Mm-hmm. I mean Django I think some of the earlier stuff like Jackie Brown, Reservoir Dogs may have had some in there. Like it just seems like he has an obsession with that word and I love his movies. Is it him or is because you said Django, Jack, those are all Samuel Jackson movies, right? Yes, but Leonardo DiCaprio got a bunch of them N-words off in that movie. He, first of all, let's, let's be clear. Leonardo DiCaprio is a brilliant actor that I yeah. feel like needs to get more recognition for his scope. But that's a whole oh, different... Yeah. I just watched Inception again the other day. I was like, man, I, no, he, he's amazing. I don't fault the actors who... I don't, not at all. But I, I think Quentin Tarantino just has... You have to have a certain level of mental illness to have brilliance. Right? Yeah. And I, I, think, sure. I think Tarantino is one of them, right? No, I can agree. I think Russell Crowe is another one who has oh, yeah. a whole... He's brilliant. He's a brilliant actor. He's nuts. He's yeah. Nuts. And that's my professional yeah. opinion. <laughs> was was he? When that was him in a beautiful mind, or no? Yeah. Yeah, like because that was the the movie where I was like, it ain't no coming back from this. Like every actor that you can tell is going off the deep end has one movie where it's like, ain't no coming back from this. Okay, Will Smith's was probably seven pounds. Okay, because pre seven pounds, Will Smith would not have dealt with that entanglement situation. Not yeah. no. Probably. I don't believe it. Yeah. Every actor got one. Okay, I got yeah. us completely off topic, but yeah. um, <laughs> <laughs> but that's real. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I was like, I gotta, I gotta break this up somehow. But um, I guess like, man, we didn't, we didn't push past an hour. But I guess like winding it down, man. Like thinking back to the whole George Floyd situation, mm-hmm. I think to get this verdict after Breonna Taylor's situation was going on at the same time. And Daniel Cameron basically, he he basically just dipped on this. Was like deuces. I'm trying to get this position. You know what I'm saying? My my white wife. You know what I'm saying? Has my back, and that's all that matters. Apparently, um, he had the opportunity to really do something big. You know what yeah. I'm saying? And instead, he chose himself. You know, and that 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 saddened me. You know what I'm saying? Like, because I really thought that was an open and shut case. You know, you killed somebody who had nothing to do with anything. The wall and, justice and Brianna did. 
And that's why I'm like, it's hard for me to be happy about Derek Chauvin when this is back to back now, two high profile situations that were televised everywhere. Mm -hmm. One didn't even get convicted. And now almost over over a year later, dude finally gets sentenced and y'all give him this, a slap on the wrist basically? Yeah. Like a slap on the wrist for a knee on the neck. Like that is trash. That is trash to me. 100%. Um, But I mean, I told I always I say this all the time. The greatest crime or the highest crime, most punishable by death, is living while black. Nowhere are you safe. Nowhere. No. You can't have car issues. You can't have a broken tail light. You can't sell CDs. You can't jog, apparently. Shout out to my library. You can't play video games with your eight-year-old nephew with the door open because it's hot. Now, wait a minute. What, what is that one? Because so many of these stories come through. I'll be missing some of them. What happened with this? Atiana Jefferson. And she happened just, I want to say, just bef- like beginning of 2020. Um, so she was a young lady um, who was at home with her nephew. And the, the side door... Um, was open at, at her house, right? And so she was playing video games with her nephew and a, a neighbor decided that um, something was wrong and so called the police. And the police saying that um, basically went in, no knocking, and just shot through the window and killed her while she was playing video games um, at her... Um, with her eight-year-old nephew. It was October 12th of 2019. I would say it was, was in October 12th, 2019. Of course, the officer was not, she was was not acquitted. And, you know, it was a wellness check because the neighbor was like, the, the door was open. Apparently it was hot that evening. And so the door was open and they thought that something was suspicious. But instead of asking questions, right? She first asked questions later and she was shot in front of her eight-year-old nephew while they're playing the, the cops as a whole been listening to too much Biggie Smalls apparently the, and like when he said squeeze first ask questions last <laughs> you know what I'm saying they, they obviously listening to the wrong music to get pumped up to do their job man but it, it this, the weirdest part and this is why I say to any white person who will listen anybody who's not black that will listen there is this fear of basically black people we're living in a claw machine Mm-hmm. And we're wondering at all times when that claw is actually going to come for us. Like mm-hmm. sometimes it doesn't come. Things are cool. Like when you put your quarter in and you keep missing every time you try to get something out of the machine. But every now and then something gets picked up. And, and that's kind of how the reality feels a lot of times because it's I shouldn't have to sit back and watch videos of stuff like this and mm-hmm. Dissect it like okay, this is what he did that made them feel threatened. If I get in this situation, don't do this. Like, I still to this day, I get worried thinking about Sandra Bland. Like, let me make sure I'm always using my turn signal because I don't want to give them any reason to try to pull me over. And to if you're not black, of course, it's gonna feel like man, y'all are overreacting. But I'm telling you, you don't understand the trauma of having to see people who look like you get killed so often and so regularly. And it's constantly put out there with seemingly no repercussions. No. Like that is not the way any of us want to live. 
And and, and I, I I don't know, man. That's for me. That's my struggle. Like anytime yeah. I see a cop in my rear view, I'm checking everything to make sure mm -hmm. I'm doing it correctly. Ten and two, exactly. Like mm -hmm. I'm turning my music down all the way. I'm yes. slowing down into cruise control, checking everything because I'm like I can't give you any reason. I'm to turning off the time and putting on gospel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Look, man, I'm I might depending on where I'm going to, I might be wearing a, a religious shirt just like this. I got this right here. Like, look, man, hey, hey man, my Bible is over here in my glove yeah. box. You know what I'm saying? Next yeah. to my wallet. You know, I'm gonna grab my ID. Let me just get it right over my holy water over yeah. here. Man, I'm on my way to church. Uh, you know, that's why I'm in a rush, officer. You know, I'm sorry. I gotta I gotta you I'm know, ready to praise man. the Lord. And I just got sidetracked, you Look, man, that's that's real. Uh, yeah but you know what though the great thing about if there can be a great thing in all of this heaviness is that there are still reasons to smile yeah. and one of those reasons uh for those of y'all in indianapolis indiana is a place called gordon's milkshake bar man tisha's been trying to get me to take her to this place forever okay <laughs> and like i'm i'm hoping she she don't hear this no time soon. Oh, okay, I'll let her know. I'll remind yeah, I'm, I'm overdue to on a milkshake day. Oh, it is so good. A local black-owned business. And when I tell you they are fire, I get the chocolate-covered strawberry every time I go because it's amazing. Um, but right, it's right downtown on Massachusetts Avenue. It is so good. And so when you have a hard day and it's hot and it's muggy, you want some ice cream. And so go to Gordon's, get you a milkshake, and it's phenomenal. Yeah. You can thank me later. Yeah, I'm, I will. Tish will too, I'm sure. Yes. But, um, yeah, man, I think that's a good starting point, man. I think this, this episode was dope. You know, I ain't had no, no doubt about it. And um, honestly, this is the reason why we was like, let's just make this a podcast. Because every YouTube video we did was only supposed to be one video. Okay. Right. One video, mainly 15 to 20 minutes, if anything. And then we would always get in and start talking and it'd be like two hours worth of stuff. And I have to edit all of this down into multiple videos. Okay. Yeah. So I was like, you know, let's just do a podcast. Yeah. Right, I'm, I'm tired of this. I'm sick yeah. of these. I'm tired. Yeah. So here we are, man. That's our first episode of the Talk Black podcast okay we did it um shout out to my co-host bianca harris dope therapist man if you're in the indianapolis area and you need somebody and you want somebody who looks like you maybe go ahead and go to her okay she's been in the field like she said okay you see some of the experience she didn't had she obviously <laughs> a patient person okay don't let her facebook post fool you okay that's her personal views and opinions that she getting out but she is professional. I, but uh, yeah, man, this was a, a heavy topic this week. We will get on to you know more lighthearted stuff and things like that. But this podcast is for us to talk about the good, the bad, the ugly, whatever it may be, and to you know, Kate Bianca, like I said, knows a whole lot. She knows way more than me on a lot of these things, and so having her here, man, like she gonna teach y'all some things. I'm just here for the comic relief. You feel me? <laughs> but um, Bianca, you got anything else, man? Nah, that's it. Uh, make sure you like, subscribe, share with your friends, um, have these conversations, and then tune in and send us conversation, send us you know comments, interact with. We, we love to interact with people as well. So we look forward to y'all coming in as well. And uh, if you're on the audio and you want to check us out live, 
um, go to Facebook. That's where we are under the Talk Black podcast. It's a picture of our two beautiful faces on there um, in black and white. You can see us live where you can go ahead and interact, comment. And I mean, we expected that, you know, interaction to be a little bit low this week. We just started the page today. So, um, but yeah, we expecting to see more of y'all in here in the weeks to come. So we'll be back, man, next Sunday at 6 p.m. And uh, that's all I got, man. Y'all be easy. Peace.